Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode was sponsored by phoby.com helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoebe's events and what they can do for you, visit phoebe.com. That's F-O-B-I dot com. Phoebe, full of bright ideas. One quick message before I start the show. You can find all the links and resources for this episode by visiting the show notes on rickyrichards.com. I also want to thank you ahead of time for listening to the podcast. It's a pleasure to produce and I'd love to share my passion for podcasting with more people. So if you enjoy this show, please help me spread the word either by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher or sharing this episode. Let's get into the show. Welcome to Ricky Richards Represents, the show where I talk tips for success with leading figures of creativity and innovation. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into the podcast once again. Uh, today I'm joined with two friends of mine who I met uh, during the advertising boot camp, Chrissy and Adam, and they are transitioning into the advertising industry and have uh, sub, uh, previously had careers uh, doing other things. Uh, I'm not going to mess up what exactly is they've done, so I'm going to pass it over to them to introduce themselves and explain what they did prior to this now move into advertising. So I'll pass it over to you guys. You want me to go first? Uh, I don't mind. <laughs> um, okay, my name's Adam Hallows. I'm a copywriter. Uh, I have taken quite a strange and circuitous route to get where I am at the moment, including uh, journalism, um, TV, working in script offices, um, working in the healthcare industry. I was a builder for a while. Um, then I got back into sort of writing by going into marketing. Then I went back into healthcare by doing marketing for healthcare, and then bit by bit started picking up more creative projects, which then inspired me to actually go full-time as a copywriter, and then through the process of doing that, I realised that I needed to find a visual partner, which is where I met Chrissy. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> my name's Chrissy Butcher. Um, yes, yeah, so my career's also been very varied. Um I sold various things, some being timeshare on canal boats. <laughs> um, also, I did watch design, um, which was for quite a few years, for the last 10 to 15 years. Um, and then I decided to change career again um, and do production design. And that was, and I kind of fell into advertising that way. Then I realised that I wanted to really like work on the concept side of things. So that's kind of where I met Adam. So, yeah. So just to delve into that a, a tiny bit, so prior to today, you'd uh, effectively worked in advertising to a degree, but from the other side of the, yeah, of the of the you were doing the props that they were then yeah. 
putting the campaigns together. Yeah. What campaigns did you work on during that time? Just because I think some of them are fairly notable. Yeah, so I've worked on various, uh, been lucky to work on some good brands such as eBay, Pepsi Max, kind of thing. OVO, OVO Energy was the most recent one actually that we did, working with animals. Yeah, and you did a nice <laughs> one for StubHub as well, was it? Uh, yes, StubHub, yeah, that was a multi-platform campaign. So right. that, was pretty, that was pretty good, seeing your stuff on uh, buses and billboards and things. So, yeah. yeah, and so how did you guys meet in general? because you guys are now a creative team, art director and copywriter. Just uh, to explain to anyone that might not know, sometimes people don't understand the word copy. So basically copy refers to words and art direction is the uh, visual side of it. So if you're looking to put together an advertising campaign, the copywriter would be predominantly responsible for the writing side and the art director for the visual. However, they're both responsible for the concept to begin with. And then you typically work into a creative director who then get your ideas uh, in front of the client and hopefully your idea gets picked um so yeah that should just give everyone a little bit of an overview but um what was i talking about just prior to that how do we meet how did you meet yeah, yes, yes that's what i was talking about so it was a, a creative dating site called singlecreatives.com which i think is just run by a few enthusiasts mm -hmm. or sort of industry types who it's essentially like a large blog site where you can post your details what you're looking for the kind of projects you've worked on um your experience level uh, and then people just get in touch to say you know i'm interested so you post up three projects or so don't you when yeah. you when you mm -hmm. go on it a lot of people claim that that website isn't doesn't quite um do it for them and that there needs to be some other source of like teaming people up I definitely think there's scope for that, definitely. There should be much more of it, and it's crazy that there isn't, to be honest. Did you guys um, meet other people prior to meeting one another? Yeah, <laughs> felt like I was going on dating. Yeah. <laughs> but it, in a weird way, when you partner up as a team, it does become almost a relationship-like thing. I mean, yeah. I spent way more time with my creative partner in advertising than I did with my girlfriend <laughs> at the time, especially with the kind of hours that some advertising agencies do, you know. Um, you'll be yeah, with the, your creative partner in the dead of the night. So the way I met you guys was through the advertising boot camp, which was held through Futurizing. Well, I met you, Christy, to yeah. begin with, and then I met you, Adam, later on. Um, why did you decide to do that? Um, I just think just to gain more knowledge and, and get, you know, just learn from someone that's more experienced than me. Um, and it just set me on the right path, really. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much why I did it. <laughs> Have you kept in touch with anyone else since with the, uh, with the guys? Yeah, a few of them, definitely. I actually went um, to lunch with Jess the other day. So. Oh, happy days. So yeah. Jess has subsequently got a job after it, yes, which, is, she a, has, which yeah. is a good thing. So she was giving me some tips as well. So yeah. yeah, so it's good. Happy days. Yeah. So obviously, I'm not going to talk about the whole of the advertising boot camp, but just one thing in particular, which I always try and harp on about, is this idea of pronto projects, which is trying to leverage um, media attention in that moment in time, come up with an idea that, uh, you know, people can latch onto and then use that as a way to gain attention for yourself. And obviously, after the creative boot camp, we all met together and we spoke about like what could we potentially do. And I was just wondering if you guys could share what your idea was. Over to you. Well, um, it kind of gave us an insight into the creative process as a whole, really, because what started as one idea based around, or certainly inspired by the Labour leadership election then became a wider um, idea about voting, so actually getting more people to vote. 
which then, as you indicated, was a good idea, but not necessarily relevant as there was nothing happening in the UK at the moment. But obviously, the biggest story in the world, as has been for the last few months, the US election, why not start looking at what we could possibly do to piggyback on the, you know, the media attention and the amount of stories and content and ideas and issues that were coming up around that. So then we started looking at, obviously, the most talked about um, part of the election, so Trump and his fans. So then we started focusing on the fans. How could we possibly tap into uh, the people who were turning up to the rallies? What were their issues? What were they thinking about? What were they talking about? And it kind of developed from there. I think part of the premise as well was this idea of we can't vote in the UK, but we felt like it was just as much impacting us as it was them. So it's a good opportunity to, um, you know, how can we create some bit of buzz that encourages people to try and sway the vote in the US as as well, even though we're not able to vote. Um, so maybe explain what you actually decided to do then. <laughs> so I'm not, I can't remember exactly where the turning point was because I think we, we all had a meeting where we sat down and looked at Trump fans, the sort of brands that they might buy. Uh, their sort of issues and concerns and through one twist and turn or another we settled on a character so a satire like a fictional character that might somehow manage to voice these issues who could then uh, um, I can't think of the word but basically you could you could use them as a vehicle to uh, discuss or put forth all of the issues so then we sat down and wrote some scripts based around this fictional character uh, then you pointed out that they were far too polite, um, <laughs> probably reflecting ourselves as individuals yeah. more accurately. So uh, go back, rethink them in a lot more internet-friendly or relevant way, which is that they're a lot more confrontational, direct, controversial, yeah. as A, it makes it more interesting, but B, it's more likely to get watched. So if we're going to make these videos, how do we make them more likely to be uh, to be watched? So once we had the scripts, then we started looking at the practical realities. How do we make them? We need to cast an actor. We need to ask uh, a friendly and helpful and generous <laughs> filmmaker stroke editor who might be able to help us actually record them. Then we need to find a sound person, a makeup person, location, props. Uh, and we need to consolidate all of this uh, at, at one point because we had about three weeks before the election. Yeah, I, th- I think mm. it's, it's worthwhile emphasising some of these points. So the first thing is with regards to the scripts right at the beginning because the reason Trump fans, the reason we know about them is because they're so funny, they're so vocal, and it's very, very difficult effectively to surpass anything that they already kind of say. So you needed to, it needed to be extreme if it was going to get anyone's attention. And then, obviously, the additional time pressures and the fact we only had a couple of weeks to put this together. Mm. So the scripts had to be rushed out. Well, I say rushed out, they had to be carefully mm. considered, but put together real quick. And, yeah, every, trying to pull the strings. And as you say, very generous filmmaker. We need to thank <laughs> Neil from Indigo Rebel. Definitely <laughs> thank, thank you, Neil. Neil. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he was a lifesaver. <laughs> he was. He was great, um, as he always is. Um so yeah, I guess let's talk about that process. Let's starting with uh, the casting. Like, how did we go about that, and what did you uh, find out? Um, I can't remember what the site was called. Is it, Is it Casting Call? Casting Call Pro. Yeah. Casting Call Pro. So it's literally putting in like a little bit of copy out and just getting them to uh, make a film, and then send it back to us. 
and obviously we were watching them all. Not everyone made a film. Um, ones who did, obviously, like got in the running. Yeah. Um, and and we actually did find this very very funny lady um, who we thought this is perfect. Um, but yeah, so but things didn't go down as smooth that route as we thought it would. So. Well, what was quite interesting is that originally the character was written as a male character and we did obviously get male um, actors uh, sending in their videos, but we also got some female characters, which the first couple weren't necessarily uh, that that great, we didn't think, but one of them was very, was very good to the point where we decided to mm. change the character and make it a female, which immediately meant we had to rewrite the scripts, so even more pressure, but... It instantly made the project better, yeah. and it was those little twists and turns that I think always escalated the greatness of the project uh, along the way. Then we had a, you know, a, a first of um, a first of small setbacks along the way, which Many is the <laughs> the actress. So obviously, all, all, everything was arranged. We were going to be doing it on the Sunday. Uh, everyone was ready to uh, do their thing. The actress unfortunately had to drop out on the morning of the shoot. So at that point, I gave up, which I think taps into uh, what I was saying earlier about the differences between our characters and actually how you need a bit of, uh, you know, give and take, push and pull between uh, the two of you if you're working as a, as a partnership. And Chrissy didn't give up <laughs> and said, no, we can make this happen. Let's keep going. And I so... think that's the production side of me coming out. Because <laughs> everything has to happen, basically, in production. If you're yeah. on it, you just have to do it and just make it happen somehow. And just, yeah, making the impossible happen all the time. So I think that part of, in my job, that, that's really helped in this project, definitely. I think going back to even casting the actor, actor and actresses, because they were sending their self-tapes in, and we act, there was actually a really good male actor as well, wasn't yeah. there? But we, we thought, oh, female actress, that's slightly different. It's not your traditional Trump fan. We can really make something yeah. interesting with it. She was fantastic as well. And then it almost rubbed it in a little bit when she was unable to do it. And then we tried to get in contact with the guy again. He couldn't. And it's just like, no, this is all falling apart. Yeah, but, it was such a shame. I mean, in hindsight, we learned that always get an understudy. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. there was talk at one point of actually getting him in to be the husband and wife yeah. kind of thing. And if we'd done that, we would have had the, the, the uh, fail safe. Yeah. So lesson learned there. Yeah. But yeah. also just as a, sorry to interrupt, yeah. as a falling back for other people looking to get their own ideas together, most people don't think to put out a casting call pro to try and get some actor, actors and actresses and actually try and do something for themselves. They assume that they've either just got to write a, a small script and then it remains a script and that's how they're going to pitch it to creative directors. Or they just it just doesn't happen, and hopefully it might happen when they actually get into advertising and they work for a client. But with regards to things like Casting Call Pro, there's so many actors and actresses, especially if you live in a city like London, that people are prepared to do stuff for like not a lot of money, which obviously we wish we could pay more. But when it's purely for a portfolio piece, there's not there's not much there. But we almost had a fantastic. Like, well, I'm not saying she wasn't fantastic in the end, but she was perfect, the, the actress. Yes, she that, was. And so it would have been, like, amazing if that had come off yeah. and it wouldn't have cost us a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. So just for other people listening to this, especially if you're a student looking to get into advertising or any other creative endeavour, don't be afraid to kind of go out there and try and get the resources mm -hmm. to make it happen. Um, but as it was, that obviously didn't happen. 
and um, I just felt that we still had something there. Um, so we were lucky enough to, I live with a bunch of actors basically, <laughs> all have very different characters. Um, and uh, my friend Gemma came to the rescue. So we managed to rearrange the shoot for Monday nights. So we had to change the whole look of everything. Um, but, you know, it still did work. But she, being a different character that she was, she completely changed the project into a different animal. And that's where we learned, right, what can we take out of this? Um, and then, yeah, kind of went from there. <laughs> because I think just to reinforce as well on the script bit, because when we got her the the lady self tape back, all of a sudden you start writing the script to her character, which I think is a nice yeah. thing to to think about. Is oftentimes advertising agencies have the luxury of being able to write a script and then go through thousands of top quality actors and actresses in order to get the right talent for the script they've written. Whereas we were kind of working it backwards. We yeah. were we were working with a limited pool of of actors and actresses based on the budget. And so we were then having to amend the script to work for them, which I think you did brilliantly, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, let's talk about the shoot. Like, how did that go? Um, well, bless Gemma. She literally didn't have any time to learn any of the lines. She was, Adam was doing these amazing actions <laughs> to help prompt her. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk a bit about that. Well, it, 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 makes, it makes you realise that actually... Um, there's a lot of cliches out of there because obviously the, the scripts are quite controversial. The the characters are, you know, a little bit of a, um, a hick, and maybe some of the issues she's talking about, some of her points of views aren't that um, politically correct. And so I'm trying to gesture what some of those thoughts or expressions are. I'm not obviously going to do that now because it's not very good radio. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was quite interesting uh, to actually essentially watch the actor do a line by line read and then, you know, also then have to put the character into it and then also think, you know, we've only got a limited amount of time to shoot six videos, some cutaways, you know, some uh, bits to chop in at the end. And so it was, it was a lot of pressure uh, on everyone. But I think you kind of realise just how sort of professional all of the people you're working with because everyone you know everyone focused mm. everyone really did their best and yeah i think we've got lots of lots of good content out of it in the end yeah because just to reinforce what the actual delivery method for this was the idea was is that we were going to create this kind of fake persona online and that we'd use not only like long form videos that felt like they were almost homemade videos but it was also cutaways so that she could respond on the day mm. to anything that was happening and that kind of thing Obviously, all of this got uh, juggled in the air yeah. when the, f the fact when she's having to learn the script on the fly and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, so you got the videos. Yeah. Then the hero comes to your rescue, yeah. right? It was a time Thank for heroes. Neil, Neil was <laughs> that man. Um, well, I think we spent two days, probably two about days two days in, in the, the editing room. We spent the first day on our own editing, like at the beginning. Um, so again, we looked through the rushes. I decided it wasn't funny, and it was the yeah. whole project was done. <laughs> <laughs> Chris said we should persevere. We'd come yeah. quite a long way at that point, and maybe we shouldn't give up. And she was yeah. right again. <laughs> I'm um, always right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we went through. There was about an hour's about an hour's worth of footage, I think. So we yeah. went through, picked all of the best versions of the of the videos that we'd done then started looking at the extras that we gone uh, that we got at the end to see how we might potentially use those to intersplice between the, the various um, yeah. videos and then sent all of those to Neil and then went into the editing suite with yeah. him. Yeah. 
And then even then, I think we found that it was just a little bit too, there wasn't enough stuff going on. Um, so we then decided to that it needed something else just to make it a bit more choppy, to make it a bit more interesting to watch. Um, so yeah, we just decided to take outtakes of various different things um, to do with the... With the uh, I know exactly what yeah. you mean, though. Basically, you used cutaways to reinforce yeah. points. Yes, basically, yeah. And so it allowed it, it kind of changed the tone of the videos yeah, like massively did, yeah. i mean this is this is what was amazing about this project is that it's been an absolute roller coaster right of ups and downs <laughs> and the the idea has ch- kind of changed and evolved along the way yeah. um but yeah so what you ended up with was something very very different from what you introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com website creation is hard but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba intentionally started yeah. with but I think it still kind of worked in its yeah in in its own thing I mean they're two separate different ideas really um and I mean it still made an impact which is what we wanted uh Gemma actually got two auditions out of it <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so uh yeah it it, it did justice in the end so. great so you've got the videos Neil's done his what uh kind of saved the day yeah. with the, the editing and again, all of this stuff you got to remember is under the time pressure. So we were looking to try and get this out for the build up to the election seven days prior so that we could basically get it at its peak, yeah. peak of conversation. Then Facebook throws in a, a spanner as well, <laughs> Another right? spanner. Another spanner. <laughs> Thank you, Facebook. So I use Facebook all the time to promote posts and they go out instantly. But for some reason, whether it was because it was around the election, they were asking for X number of days to basically review the projects, right? Yeah. So I think it was up to two days, I think yeah. uh, they said in the end. And having not done those sort of boosted ads before, I don't know if I'd done it incorrectly, if there was anything wrong with the content, if this was part of the normal process. But because we've only got, you know, well, basically, we, I think we were launching it on the day. So we wanted to seed them seven days in the run-up to the election. We had six or seven videos um, and so as soon as that happened, then it kind of knocked out the whole timeline. And we thought if it's two days for each post or each boosted post, then it's not going to work. And also that completely nullifies the whole leverage in the moment thing, right? Yeah. So <laughs> did did we ever come to a resolution with that? or? Um, no, no reason given. It was approved and then all of the others were fine. Right. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. they just sailed through. Like, oh, happy days. I think they just thought, oh, yeah, it's another one of them. Right. <laughs> and so maybe they were just waiting for the credit card details to clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Who what it was. How big, <laughs> big platforms work. Maybe. So what were the results you got out of it then? 
various different results. Um, Gemma decided to take it upon herself to actually be that character throughout the whole week. Oh, really? One wow. One result was that we realised that Gemma was an absolute social media legend. Yeah, she was, definitely. So she taught us a little bit more about, you know, social internet. Um, yeah, so she decided to pretend to be that character and start talking to people, start gaining friends on the Facebook page and that, and getting more traffic to the site, really. Um, and she did it in various different ways. So we had a Twitter page, a Facebook page, we had stuff on YouTube. And she was, like, getting into a few arguments with people and it was kind of really what we wanted. Yeah. Um, bizarrely, some people even still thought that she was a real person um, and others, other people didn't. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a real mixed bag, but it was really interesting to watch. And yeah. Were there any notable comments that were quite funny, um, abusive or otherwise? Uh, well, I think the thing that we realised is that actually we were putting content that probably in reality was a lot more safe than some of the things that actually yeah. go on, particularly on the Trump threads, which are really quite negative, quite angry, quite violent. And so our content probably became just sort of one one aspect of what was quite a really uh, like a, yeah. a nest of vipers. Really, it was quite a profoundly yeah. negative experience. I think being yeah. in some of those forums. I, I saw one be released just at the same time you were releasing yours, and yeah. it was all these kind of like what looked like angelic family people. And then they did like a little piece to camera, and then they did another piece to camera. But the second time, it revealed that they were part of like white supremacists. Yeah. Or well, I think that was a, an SNL. A video that they'd done yeah. near the start of the election, or certainly more early on, and then obviously they'd started re-promoting that, and they were also doing the, you know, the uh, yeah. Trump and Clinton characters. But you kind of realised that there was a, a lot of polarised opinion within that sort of area. Yeah. Um, so actually, I think some of the people saw the videos and thought, "Yeah, great, yeah, what she's saying is completely right. I've completely endorsed this message." <laughs> Which point crazy. we realised that some of the, you know, the satire, or some of the satirical elements, has maybe lost because. <laughs> <laughs> Because the space that you're actually uh, putting it into is yeah. quite, yeah, quite, a, quite an angry space already. And I think they're so focused. They seem so focused on, you know, being a Trump fan and everything else. Everything else goes out the window. And it's just a one-track mind. It's, yeah. It's uh, if we haven't clarified this enough at this point, the point, the point of it was is that we were going to act as a Trump supporter and be so radically dumb mm. and like, or not dumb, I'm not sure how you'd describe it, just like wrong in their opinions that hopefully that would convince people okay, this isn't the way to go. Mm. And you're saying that actually people got on board with some of it. So we actually had a joke afterwards when Trump came through to be the winner that actually you guys had aided in his victory. Um, <laughs> which is which we apologise. Yeah, I'm very sorry about profoundly. that. Um, okay, so as takeaways, what lessons have you learned from that whole experience and how would you go about it differently if you could just sum it up in a few sentences? I think the experience that I would have was having a very sort of clear idea as to what you're hoping to achieve at the end. What's what's a what's a sort of a measurable outcome at the end of the project? Because there were so many different moving parts there. You've always got to have that thing to focus on to keep you going. Um, also, you're going to be learning so much along the way that um, to not get sort of dissuaded as you go along. So that I think that would be one of my sort of key key takeaways a nice clear goal at the end of it because we did so many different things there was the the writing the casting the shooting uh pr so we started sending out the videos to different mm. sort of you know platforms social media um you know boosting pages you know there's there was so many different elements that if, if you've not got that end goal you can, i think you can easily lose track yeah 
Um, yeah, I would say if we if we were to do the same project again, is obviously the main thing would just get a lot more traffic to her site well beforehand. So you're actually building up a big profile of, of this character. Because um, that's what we find we found because we had limited time. Um, but I think all in all, we did quite well under the, all the circumstances. Yeah, under all yeah. the circumstances and the fact that so you're looking to create a brand ambassador. So there's been lots of examples of this, right? So there's a really good one for K-Swiss. There's another mm. one for um, Norton Antivirus, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one for like male um, like pads kind of thing to stop, <laughs> like incontinence <laughs> uh, pads and that kind of thing. So that was the idea you were running with. You were creating this artificial character. The problem with it is, is that you guys had no... Uh, structure, uh, not structure, no base already. So if K-Swiss release something, obviously it's going to get a ton of views straight mm. away. Hopefully we're, we were looking to leverage leverage the media to create that kind of buzz for you. Um, but I think under the circumstances, are you being three weeks to get the whole thing together and promote it and do all that kind yeah. of thing? I think that was probably the biggest takeaway for myself as well because yeah. I've never done anything under those kind of time restrictions. Yeah. And just not enough to to give you the the breathing space to actually think strategically yeah. and work out where you're gonna what you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think as well. I mean, the results we got were. I mean, there was various things. I mean, she did have like a stalker woman at one point. Um, she was just this deluded woman, right? Um, which was very bizarre. And another another guy actually took one of our videos and re-edited it into a very very dark film. Um, so with, that was quite strange. But with our permission. Because with our permission, We yeah. didn't necessarily know what the video was going to turn out. No. Like, but uh, strangely enough, while on one of the forums, having posted some of our videos and doing it under the character of uh, JJ McKay, another person doing pretty much the same thing yeah. popped up in the forum and then we quickly realised that we were both doing the same thing, which is obviously trying to promote our content under the guise of this character and trying to sort of uh, instigate uh, you yeah. know, reactions from people Although in the forum. Although we think he was a bit of a Trump fan, actually. Uh, these or, days, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, <laughs> so he kind of like swayed our film a little bit, but uh, yeah. Well, I think his goal was to, the actual sort of editing of the video, yeah. I don't think he was um, some kind of like ardent uh, Trump apologist. But, uh, yeah, his, his video was a lot darker yeah. than ours. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to watching May that. Made does look like a PG. <laughs> really? <laughs> we'll include that in the show notes then. <laughs> you guys are actually really fortunate because I've just joined a platform called Acast, which means that people can click when they're listening, they can click. So they'll be able to watch all these videos as we go, which should be quite fun. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on from the project then. So that is, let's talk about portfolios in general, because that's where you guys, I guess, are at, the, at this mm-hmm. moment in time. So, um, like, I do these advertising boot camps and I meet a bunch of people, but I very, very rarely create a friendship with people and go through all the effort that we've been through on this. But, I mean, the reason I did that is because you guys, right from the start, had the, were going about it the right way. You were looking to create quality bits of portfolio, uh, quality uh, projects for your portfolio as opposed to just doing rough scamps and that kind of thing. And so I could really see that you guys deserved... To, to work in a good agency and that maybe you were coming at it from the back foot. Um, it means that you start, you've come at it quite late. But like, I guess what is your approach with your portfolio and how have you gone about it so far? 
And how do you mean, like? Well, you. St- I guess you started off. Um, I can just tell everyone. I guess so. It was the Equality Street project, right? Yeah. So this was an idea that I had because um, doing production design, I also was constantly thinking of concepts of my own anyway, and working with photographers and things like that. Um, and then that's when I kind of realised that I wanted to get into more conceptual kind of work. Um, and then I had this idea for Quality Streets, which was a very rough, um, very rough image <laughs> compared to what it is now. Um, yeah, so it kind of started off like that and then it grew. And after actually speaking to you, um, you kind of like gave me more of an insight to actually work on it and, you know, expand it really. Um, and then when I met Adam and we decided to team up, it, it just became a, a really big, strong project from working together, yeah. And, I mean, I'm not sure who's actually going to listen to this. I hope you managed to get it in front of some creative directors. <laughs> but for anyone that hasn't, obviously I've worked with you guys for a while now. And um, your skill sets just balance really, really well. Do you know what I mean? As, as individuals, you, you both have very, very strong skills uh, that actually, when combined work really well together and the fact that you've already worked in copy writing I think the things that a lot of people struggle with is actually long copy they're they're happy to come up with a two three word line or whatever which is still very difficult to do but to know that you're you're able to to like really reel off something interesting about something that's not very interesting uh, is a real strength to have and likewise you've worked with photographers and you've worked on set and you're very hands-on a bunch of stuff that unfortunately art directors today just aren't, mm. uh, especially now that the computer's become such a, a, a massive tool for creatives. So I actually think you bring something different to the table. And what was nice about that Quality Street project was the fact you got hands-on with it. Yeah. Um, and instantly it made it pop and it made it come to life. And I hope that when you actually get some interviews with people that they appreciate that because you guys have put the effort in. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that's Fingers crossed. one of our favourites. But um, yeah, I think with all, with all the projects we do, we we do want to try and make some sort of impact or that idea to stick in people's heads, which is obviously the main point in advertising. So yeah, that's what we're trying to do with each of our projects. So, you know, we've, we've still got a few more to go yet before we like go go to advertising agencies with our work. But, um, but yeah, it's um, like you say, it's um, quality, not quantity. And just uh, for anyone that may be listening, like, what is your aspiration with it? What kind of agencies would you potentially like to go for? What makes you unique? Maybe just reel off, like, some of the things that actually made you interested in advertising in the first place and, and you know, like, what, what you'd like to do moving forward. I think because we are coming at this a little bit later than maybe some of the other people might be doing more, obviously, at the university, what we're looking for is sort of the right sort of environment at the agency. So it's not necessarily just about the, the size or the brands that they'll be working with, but it's more about what's what's the working culture like. Are they sort of supportive and nurturing? Are they people that you would actually want to spend time with if you are going to be working on long projects? Then are you going to be happy to do that? Because we've done so many different jobs and not necessarily enjoyed the environment that we've been in each time, that's definitely sort of, you know, certainly in the top three mm. of things that we're thinking about. Yeah. Also, because we are still learning what we're doing, it needs to be the type of environment where the company is happy for us to sort of help us uh, in that journey because we're not, we're not coming in with, you know, a qualification or, you know, a particularly broad book at the moment. But I think like you just sort of described the actual skills and the knowledge and the experience that we've got does count for a long way. We just need to be able to prove it. 
Yeah. And I actually think that you're way closer than maybe you give yourselves credit for. Um, you know, having worked in a bunch of different agencies, it comes down to that concept and then everything else is, is kind of led along the way. There's it, because especially if you work at a bigger agency, there's so many skills on hand. There's so many people around all the things that we did on this project. Mm. There'd be 10 it's different like 10 people. different jobs. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. And so there'd be all different people doing all of that kind of stuff. Even on the day when you've come up with a really good commercial idea, you've got such an amazing director and DOP and editing team and script director uh, and you know basically everyone's running the show all you're doing is saying oh it's not I don't you know being a diva on the day yeah. basically and this, this sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> what you're describing sounds like heaven well you say that um, <laughs> you know there was a point in time when you said that you, you kind of felt like giving up on this one yeah. and there's plenty of times when creatives spend yeah. six seven eight months at a time working on a project and then this, it gets pulled last minute or doesn't work out how they imagined or the client all of a sudden changes it and those are the kind of blows that you need to be able to bounce back from yeah so hopefully this has been a good learning experience for that in general I always knew at the end you know if we made some sort of success out of it we'd be glad that we stuck through it and it is worth going through them ups and downs um develops your character exactly yeah (laughs) I think it also uh, demonstrates just how much you are capable of doing and how much you do know without necessarily realizing it because because we were sort of so sort of hands on at various stages, sitting in the editing suite. Obviously, Neil was doing the technical side of it, but we were very much sort of feeding into how we were going to edit it and throwing in different ideas. What if we were to mm. throw in an image like that? What if we could get a sound clip of this sort of stuff? What if yeah. we could um, accentuate it with a bit that we you know almost forgotten about that was at the end of the the tape? And so there's the, definitely the creative yeah. input into it. And then also when we were doing the shoot on the day, uh, I sort of ended up directing Gemma, yeah. which I've never done before in my life. And yet, because you've got no choice, you just do it. You do, And then yeah. you realise that, oh, maybe I can do that. That's not... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, my directing story was I came out of advertising and was like, right, we're going to do directing. And then you're on that set and you've got a bunch of actors and you're you're basically fudging it. You're just like, yep, yep, <laughs> just do that. Move over here. Great. Fantastic. If you wouldn't mind just accentuating this. And then everyone's like, they're fantastic. I'm like, yep, we're full of shit, basically. But uh, fake it till you make it, right? I really yeah. believe in that because... That's my philosophy in life. Well, <laughs> I think it, it does... It, it There's something to be said for it because nobody starts in the position that they want to be in. I think as well, it's all about like, believe believing in yourself really and I think that's why I don't know I mean maybe that's why I've you know when I've changed careers I just thought right I'm just gonna do it and you know you just have to have that foresight I think um yeah there we go cool are we gonna wrap it up does it feel like a wrap it up time is there anything else you guys would like to say what are you working on right now um, so we're about to do, um, our next project is, um, to work on a charity, my friend's charity. So we're going to try and build more traffic to a site. Not really sure how yet, but I'm sure we'll come up with something. Um, also I'd like to say a big thank you to Ricky for helping oh, us all along cheers, the way. Guys. I, um, I'm yeah. a big blusher as it is. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just... I mean, who we wouldn't have even attempted this project without him. Thank you so, guys. Yeah. I think it's really important to have those people who keep pushing you yeah. all the time and tell you that you can do it better. And even if you don't like to hear it at the time because you think you've done something good, it does make it better. Yeah. It does make the project bigger, more interesting and more likely to be seen. Yeah. And I was going to say this prior to you being nice anyway, <laughs> so just throwing this out there. But if uh, 
if anyone is listening to this and needs some creatives, like I couldn't more highly recommend Chrissy and Adam. Um, and hopefully we'll do a bit of promotion on this, get it around some agencies, because I really hope that a good opportunity comes for you guys. And the other thing is, is if you've got a really, really good project and I don't want to say this like you haven't got much money, but if you need some ideas for something and you've actually got money that you can put behind an idea, but you don't necessarily want to go to an agency, then I would encourage you to get in contact with Chrissy and Adam as well, because I think that they have extremely good ideas and have proved on this project that they're capable of actually pulling something out of the bag. So I think it would really help if you guys, with your portfolio and stuff, if yeah. you got some real projects that are good. So there'll be loads of people hassling you now with crap projects. <laughs> so they're going to say no if your project's rubbish, <laughs> just throwing it out yeah. there. If you've got something really interesting that you think that they could work on, then uh, do get in touch. Yeah, and um, I'll link up all of their details in the show notes. And yeah, I think that's everything. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to subscribe and share. As a final parting word from me, I'd like to invite you all to an ongoing project called the Move Me Mailing List. The Move Me Mailing List includes links to all the interesting things I've uncovered that month, as well as resources I've discovered and insights that I believe will move you forward. So join the thousand plus early adopters who've joined the list already and see what all the fuss is about. Finally, wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a great week and see you next time for another episode. Bye for now. Today's episode was sponsored by Phoebe.com, helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoebe's events and what they can do for you, visit Phoebe.com. That's F-O-B-I.com. Phoebe, full of bright ideas.